When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 125 of the College Loop Podcast. I am back in the studio after a little blunder happened uh, with a set of keys, so I had to drive to Auburn on two nights ago, so that's why I missed that show. But I am here once again joined by Mr. Tristan Tar and Daniel Locke. Tar, how you doing, buddy? I'm great, man. Never, never better. And I saw a jam sesh before the show. Daniel, how you doing, buddy? Dylan, I'm great. Um, opening night for the Celtics. Uh, 20 seconds into the uh, quest for banner number 18. I rep my uh, Jason Tatum name and number T-shirt. Uh, should be a very, very good year for the Celtics. They have the best roster in the league, and no one's going to be able to beat them. So they're, they're going to be an awesome second place Eastern Conference team because uh, my Hawks are going eighty two and zero. So okay, well it must suck not to have half of your roster named Jalen Williams. Yeah, you, so, no, no, it, it doesn't suck. It does it, not it, suck to not if, be in the situation. If, cha- if championships were built off of having players with the same, having the most players with the same name on the on the roster at the same, you guys time, would be a lock. We would we would be like the premier dynasty in the NBA. That's right. But, Unfortunately, that's not how that works. So, hey, twenty twenty four NBA draft. I smell another J Will combo. <laughs> Get the triple option J Will edition to Oklahoma City, please. The basketball triple option. I'm interested. <laughs> J Will lobs it to J Will with the slam. All right. Yes. J Will with the rebound. J Will with the lob. J Will with the slam. That'd be just pure bliss for me. Breaking news, uh, I just received word from a friend of mine who works for the Memphis Redbergs that she successfully snagged a Sonny DiChiara bobblehead from the Rocket City Trash Pandas convention. That's awesome. And How many did she get? She is sending it to the college loop immediately. Ah, so who gets that? It's mine. Anyways. <laughs> Two minutes, 15 seconds in. It's time to start talking about Auburn sports. The Auburn Tigers take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs on Saturday at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Sometimes you got to take the reins. That's one of them. Let's talk about that game. Well, before we do that, we're getting to our mid-season position grades, actually. Oh, yikes. That's on me. It's a little embarrassing. Um, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we we are technically in the midseason uh, form. Uh, Albert's on a four game skid, and since we missed it last a couple weeks ago to do this, we are going to grade how each position has looked thus far, going into the eighth game of the season, uh, with a, a, a nicer four game stretch ahead than the last four. Couldn't get worse. Well, it can. Tar, let's talk about the quarterbacks for a little bit. <laughs> okay. You want you want to go and we just go ahead and lead with my midseason position grade for the quarterbacks? Yeah. D. I, I don't I don't even think I need to expand on this one. Like I don't. Like there's been no consistency, no stability, no one has the clear answer. Um, so um I'm just gonna leave it there and say that this position group sucks. Period. Yeah, and it, it may not be to the fault of their own, but it, it has stunk. 
Daniel? I'm going to the same. Um, I've not been satisfied, and I think it'll need to get better if Auburn wants to um, go to and potentially win a ball game. Yeah. you got to walk in that Birmingham Bowl somehow, and you <laughs> can do that by staying true to one quarterback, which is why I'm also going to be rocking – uh, given the quarterback room at D here, uh, like Tar, everything Tar said and more, uh, no stability, pick a dude. Yeah, I, mine's not specific. And I saw an interesting comment on our last show about like never seeing, not seeing any podcasts that hate on the quarterbacks as much as we do. Maybe it's because we go three times a week that we hate on more because we just have more volume. Um, I'm not specifically hating on one athlete here, uh, but the, the management of that room has been an F. I'm being generous by giving them a D. So that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> Yeah, and by the way, I don't think we hate on the quarterbacks that much. I mean, I am, I am the like sunshine pumper for Robbie Ashford. I had his jersey right there, but I wore it last week and I had to wash it, so it's not there right now. So that's not me saying no to my boy. But I feel like we've been pro more than other podcasts have been. We've been pro fix the quarterback room. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. That that fits better. Uh, now to go to position group that does not make me want to cry every Saturday. Uh, we got the running backs. Got the the mixture of Jarquez Hunter, healthy Demari Austin, which we'll be getting this week. Hallelujah. Right. Uh, Brian Batie, Jeremiah Cobb, Sean Jackson, and Justin Jones. That's got a, got a couple of touches. I'm gonna start here. I'm gonna go with the B. Um, I kind of want to say B minus, uh, but they've been the whole offense. I mean, let's just just be, just call it spade a spade here. The entire offense has been living and dying by the success of that running back room, um, and. It's not their fault that Auburn's one-dimensional and they're getting shut down a lot. Um, Jarquez Hunter finally looked like Jarquez Hunter against Ole Miss. If, if he could continue that coming down this stretch, I think that's entirely fruitful. Um, but I cannot give them, give this group an A. I just – I can't. Um, there's just not been enough help that they've gotten elsewhere, whether that be schematics or up front, for me to say, oh, yes, this is a shining A+. Plus. And on a group that I was super high on before the season came in. So I'm, I'm going to be here, Daniel. Yeah, um, obviously super high on it before the season. I thought for sure we were going to get a 1,000-yard rusher. Um, doesn't really look like we're even anywhere remotely close to that at all. Um, so I've got to go beat. Also, I'm going to go beat here. I uh, still have yet to have gotten a 100-yard rusher from our running back in the game, I believe. Uh, and I think we've the closest we've gotten is Jarquez, uh I think gets all missed. Got 95 yards. Other than that, it was Peyton Thorne. Uh, need the running backs room to step up uh, immensely going through the rest of the week. So I'm going to be giving him a B here uh, just because I've just not seen enough consistency out of whoever's getting the most touches. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Wide receivers, not tight, not counting tight ends, just wide receivers. Let's see. Uh, this group, while the quarterback play has not been consistent, the mismanagement of that position certainly has a direct impact on their success. The drop passes this year have been horrendous. Uh, there, there have been a lot of them in a lot of big situations. You catch a couple of footballs that were catchable footballs against UGA, and you find yourself in a completely different boat right now. Um, you, you can take away everything that Georgia did or didn't do in that game. Uh, you can point to a lot of a lot of dropped uh, opportunities, missed opportunities, and, and critical moments. And that's not just Georgia game specific. That's just the ones etched in my mind the most for not just the obvious reason of that, but also the fact that that's a game that you were right there in. Um, and then not just – they're not getting the, the touches for me to be able to see anything else. It's The sample size is small, and it's bad. 
it's really bad. So I, I'm, I'm going to see here, and I, I, I still think that's generous. So, Daniel? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with a C. I haven't been pleased. Um, I had really, really high hopes for it. Um, obviously, an impact transfer with Rivaldo Fairweather. Guys who have been on this roster for, I don't know, what feels like forever, and uh, Tyler Fromm and Brendan Frazier. Um and just still, I haven't been blown away by what I've seen. So hopefully that changes down the stretch. It'd be nice for Auburn to get some uh, dependable um, play from these guys. Um, some big targets for Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford. But so far this year, it just hasn't really done it for me. Yeah, I'm also giving the wide receiver room a C as well. Uh, came into the season with a lot of hype. You had Shane Hooks, who is... You know, Hollywood, you had the home run target and Jair Shorter. Uh, Caleb Burton has got on the field sometimes, not a lot. And we talked about how fast he was when he got here. Uh, look at the guys who returned. Uh, Jay Fair is the reason this grade is probably as high as it, it, it can be because right. Jay, Fair's, Jay Fair's been balling out whenever, you know, he gets the ball. And a particular quarterback named Peyton Thorne isn't throwing him bullet passes into triple coverage to kill him. Uh, but overall, yeah, it, this wide receiver room is C. The drops are heavy. They're not getting targets regardless. That affects the grade as well. I just need to see a lot more from them for me to give them any higher than just average. And they're going to get their chance to make up for it coming down the stretch. And if they don't, if they play at this consi- consistent level that they've played at to this point this year, I'm going to tell you in our post game. I'm going to go and tell you guys, not, not post game, but our postseason, I'm going to give them an F because this is an abysmal failure if you continue on this trajectory. I mean, two positions on this offense probably getting an F uh, alongside the wide receivers if that if this continues, and that being the people throwing it to the wide receivers. Sure. Uh, and next position we got on here is the tight ends. Uh, I believe that they have uh, deserved to be separated from from the wide receiver room. Oh, that was the wide receivers on the last one. Yeah, I did tight ends. Oops. That's okay. Hey, you do wide receiver this time. That's yeah, funny. Well, We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go and let you fix that real quick and, re- and reprimand yourself, Daniel. So you go ahead and grade this one first. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, not, not, not too great. Uh, I'm gonna go to see there as well. Uh, Jay Fair's obviously been pretty good. Shane Hooks. I was really hyped uh, for that one-handed grab he had in the second scrimmage. Caleb Burton. He's finally gotten some action, but. Long way to go, but where I'm really disappointed is on uh, Nick Mardner. Um, this guy transfers from Cincinnati. I'm higher on him than a lot of people coming in. He has a great spring, a great summer. We hear nothing but good things. I don't know if he's gotten a target yet. Um, so he's not he got, really. He, he got one. He got one. Okay, he, he said one target. Uh, call him Mr. Landon King. Uh, good for one catch a season. Even though I don't, I don't think. Um, Nick he a, caught he it. Didn't, he didn't get a catch. No, that was the ball that Peyton Thorne threw 20 yards above Nick Martiner's head. Yeah. But it's uh, a target. It is a target. Sure. Um, yeah. So, actually, I'm going I'm, I'm to have to downgrade that to a D. They just haven't been great. Yeah. And I've already I, done my tight ends. So You're good. I'm, I'll pick up from the t- for the tight ends from here. Um, I like C again. I know a lot of people are going to talk about that Rivaldo Fairweather's been a bright spot on this offense, and he has been when he gets the ball. Um, these were, this, this this room of tight ends, 
I don't think it's a lack of ability. A lot of this, once again, folks, quarterback pending. And neither of these guys have found their John Samuel Shanker yet. And and I say that because John Samuel Shanker, he was, I think that Christian Clemente coined this, um, old reliable. And that's fine. That's what you need a tight end for. Uh, I mean, the, to be your reliable check down dump off or to get physical. Um, and, and a lot of these guys can do both of those things in terms of run blocking, pass blocking, or, or get, being a good op- option to dump off. They've not gotten the touches for it to freaking matter. I mean, they've, they've gotten the touches comparatively against the receiving room, but I mean, like, I'm not entirely sure that I couldn't be in the same conversation for catchable targets in the receiver room. Um, and these tight ends have just not done anything exceptional to wow me. If I'm going to upgrade it, it'd be a C plus or a B minus just because Fairweather's done some things. Uh, certainly has. I'm not going to you know take away his touchdowns. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take away the touchdown against Cal unless I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making that up, right? The Cal touchdown left side of the end zone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like not going to take... his last touchdown or just that touchdown in general. I the, just I was making sure that that one happened, um, and I didn't just envi- envision that in my brain. But I'm not going to say they're not done good things. But I've just I don't think they're good enough. You know what I mean? I, I I'm going to go see still. Yeah, I'm. This is a position where I'm a little bit more lenient about them not getting the targets. Uh, I'm going to give the tight end room a B. I feel like of the blockers that they've they've been pretty good at blocking. Uh, Luke Dills came in and blocked very well. Uh, you've had standout games from like Brandon Frazier and Michael Riley Ducker, uh, guys who still come in and block very well. Uh, Ravonna Fairweather just being a security blanket whenever the ball is thrown to him, and has done very a very good job of doing that. I think this elevates it to a B to me, uh, and I just think it's it's a bright spot on this offense that doesn't get utilized as much as it should be. Sure, I'll I'll I'll, I'll buy into that. Yeah, and. <laughs> Just to go to another disappointing position, uh, the offensive line. Call me Cookie Monster. C is for Cookie. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know if this is all on them. Uh, they're, they're, the schematics in this offense certainly have not helped them at all, and the play calling has not helped them at all in terms of allowing sacks and allowing tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Um, I don't really know how much that they're their fault for that. This line's certainly improved year to year, and I think that's the reason people aren't complaining this year as much as, as they have been in years past because it is certainly the best line off, Auburn, offensive line Auburn's had in, in quite some time. But, I I mean, it's not like they're a lights-out, shut-down the opponent's you know, front seven. Uh, it's not like they're not giving up sacks, but that's not all their fault either. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a lot of these positions on the offense. I mean, almost every position on the offensive side of the ball is quarterback pending, right? But it's I, I can't grade them above a C. Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. Um, best O line Auburn's had since 2017. That's great. But the bar is kind of on the floor. Um, the offensive line from a year ago was one of the most pathetic things I've ever laid my eyes on in my 20 years of life. Agree. Agree. It was abysmal. And I'm not saying I'm not going to use the word they there because there are individual pieces from that group that have proven that they can be solid. Mr. Cameron Stutz giving you your flowers. But, oh, my God, it was one of the most pathetic things I've ever seen in my life to see those guys try to block somebody. They couldn't get push on San Jose State. They couldn't get push on Western Kentucky. They couldn't get push on Missouri. They couldn't get push on a very, very mediocre Mississippi State front seven. They sucked. It was horrid. So to go from that 
to what you've got now in just a year is honestly pretty impressive. So I'm going to be generous because I believe in, um, you know, just being being generous with grading sometimes. So I'm going to go C plus there. Um, but I'll revoke that very fast if needed. <laughs> yeah, I'm also going to be rocking with the C here. And this is getting kind of close to just it being a D. Uh, and that's strictly because not because of the blocking not being good. It's because the amount of big plays they had called back, the amount of pre-snap penalties that have happened. Yeah, uh, Gunner, Gunner Britton might be, go down as one of my worst takes of the season. Uh, he has just not proved to be as good as he was advertised to be. Uh, it just has been a rough overall season for this O line, uh, an O line that was highly regarded going into the season, and I've just been been very very average uh and like daniel like you said best alliance since 2017 and that's just a step over the bar and not a, not a lot of great all-around games from this offensive line i must say agreed but now to move to a side of the ball that has been a little bit of a bright side to this team flip it over to the defense start off with those big boys up Front the defensive line. This is accounting for the edge rushers and the defensive end as well. You know, I think in in comparison to what we expected, I think this group has excelled. Uh, I, I, I do, and I, I don't think that's a blazing hot take. I think most people would agree with me there. I'm I'm actually I'm going to go B. I know that there's not been a production of of TFLs or, or sacks at the level that you know an elite defense would be able to generate. But I think that this group's done a great job keeping keeping Auburn in ball games. Uh, and and, and uh, to be completely transparent with you, Philip Montgomery ought to buy all those guys, not not just the other side of the ball, um, but uh, he ought to buy that entire defensive unit as a team dinner um, because they really have uh, shut down opponents on levels that I've, I've previously didn't believe in. I mean, what they did against Ole Miss is impressive, folks. Um, getting getting to Jackson Dart and getting him uncomfortable. Now, granted, that's going to fall into your DBs, locking people down, and we'll talk about them in a minute. But what they did last week, I was still impressed with. I was I was still enthused with. Um, this group has been impressive. I'm going to go B. I'm pre- impressive. I'm, I want to qualify my statement compared to where we thought they would be. If this is the benchmark for what it's going to be under Hugh Freeze, folks, you should be happy. Like if this is this is your benchmark. You should be in good shape. Daniel, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I've been I've been satisfied with the defensive line. Um, the rush defense hasn't always been what I would like, but pass defense there. They're getting it done, which I really feel like might has a lot to do with how good the secondary is. Um, opposing receivers are having trouble getting open, causing the giving the um, defensive line more time to get to the quarterback. But yeah, I've been pleased. I'm gonna go with the B. Agree. I'm gonna rock with the B. Uh, Marcus Harris has been a absolute dog. That guy Keldrick, has made some money this year. Keldrick Falk has been a dog now that he has gotten a starting job. Uh, and did very well against Ole Miss as well. Uh, edge rushers, Jalen McLeod has had some games where he's absolutely stood out. Uh, Elijah McAllister, a big leader on that team. Jason Jones uh, is just a guy that I need to see a little bit more from. Uh, that's a little spoiler for our next segment. But, yeah, defensive lines overall B. I think they've done a pretty good job for for what they've been uh, coagulated into. And for the personnel they have. I mean, let's... Exactly, yeah. I mean, you, you got a bunch of guys that, I mean, uh, you brought in a bunch of transfers and you don't know if they're going to work, and most of them have. And yep. Keldrick Falk, I mean, a, a true freshman coming in and absolutely dominating at the at the at, at the line. So it's, a, it's a huge plus there. 
Now for another position that I feel like all of us can agree, out of every position on the field, has uh, more than excelled our expectations for how it was going to perform this year, the linebackers. They've excelled so much, I'm going to give them a B. Uh, I've, I've been impressed um, in terms of Auburn's still not the run-stopping team that you want them to be right this moment. Um, they're not, uh, and they're not necessarily the get-to-the-quarterback team the, the way you want them to be, and, and that's just personnel, and that's just – getting fresh legs and, and, and getting deeper. But this linebacking core has held it down, man. I, I have, I've been thoroughly impressed given my expectations. So I'm, I'm also going to give them a B. Daniel. Yeah, I was with you. I thought this linebacker core was going to be abysmal and they were going to deserve a rant like last year's offensive line got out of me. But I've been pleased. Um, Larry Nixon III, Austin Keys, um, Eugene Asante. Oh, my gosh. He's been great. Um, so I've been pleased, and I think I think that there's only room to get better. Eugene Asante has made some money this year, too, by the way. Oh, Agreed. Yeah. And I'm also going to be rocking the linebacker room with a B here as well. Uh, every player that Daniel said, Eugene Asante, Austin Keys, Larry Nixon III have all performed very, very well. Austin Keys even came out and was making plays right out with the, with the club on his hand. So that kind of uh, – and the only knock against this linebacker room I have is the fact that those starters can't stay on the field the entire game because uh, the other two guys behind those two or behind those three, uh, I don't really sure. enjoy. I don't really enjoy watching play football. Uh, but that's not here or there. But Tar, I know you're ecstatic. To talk about this position, the defensive backs. I'm gonna. My, this is the only time I'm gonna give one. It's an A. Um, and 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 people are going to tell me, call me crazy. You're going to look at the numbers and the, and the points that opponents have put up against Auburn. I mean, at some point you're going to get gassed and you're going to get burned. But in terms of limiting chunk plays, Auburn's been great. Uh, the, that secondary has been great. They've been locked down. There are going to be times when you're playing a receiving core like LSU where, where guys are going to torch you. They're going to be NFL-ready wide receiver. Hell, they're going to be NFL-ready freshmen on the other side of that line. But Auburn's got those too in the secondary. Uh, I mean, I don't even have to start listing off these names for you guys you guys to know. Um, I think the, the individual player I've been least impressed with has been DJ James, uh, some way, somehow. And, and and we thought he was really gonna get his bread this year. But I mean, you can you can go around that room and just look at and individually. These guys are locking people down and locking people down, they probably shouldn't. Uh, I mean, l- let's let's not forget and, and my, and my, unless my memory served me incorrectly, Donovan Kaufman at one point like locked up Brock Bowers. Mm-hmm. What the hell? And he did it on like back-to-back plays. Okay. Like they are playing above even the ceiling. I thought that they had. This group's good, man. And 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 they're so like there's so much young talent in there, and you're gonna continue to add players. We're gonna talk about that in a little bit, but you're continuing to add to this room. I think the, the defensive back room, like they have been the standard for what, what Auburn football should look like this year. Daniel, your thoughts. Yeah, it depends backs. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go an A minus. Um, they've been very, very good. They've gotten the job done pretty much every game except for LSU. But like you said, that LSU, what they've got on the the, the amount of firepower they have on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, yeah, it's, and Malik, it's Malik not Neighbors quite, is going to be an all NFL receiver. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's not quite what we saw from the Bayou Bengals in 2019, but it's not that far from it. Agreed. Um, Really, really good. So I can let that go. That that game's the reason why I'm going from an A to an A minus. Um, but outside of that, I've been really pleased. Um, you didn't see them get torched by Jackson Dart too bad, um, which I was scared of. Um, 
So they've they've done good. And kind of I'm I'm with you on DJ James. And I, I don't think he's been particularly bad. I think he was no. just so hyped up um, compared to everyone else that everyone else has really stepped up, so he just hasn't had to do as much. Um you're not hearing his name called, which is it's typically good if you're not hearing a DB's name called. Um because that means you're not getting torched. I think um, for DJ James, what he needs is like a pick coming down the stretch and mm-hmm. and, and to play really, really solid lockdown football. Um, so that yeah. when he when he goes into the combine and pro day, the like recency bias is fine. Like I think I think that serves him well. <laughs> Luckily, he he doesn't have a real big game against a big time receiver until the Alabama game. With uh, he'll be on Jermaine Burton. Uh, even though, it hurts me calling him a big time receiver, but but he can still lock down the guys he's covering over the next four games. Oh yeah, well, and, I'm just saying it, it helps to have guys who are not going to be NFL caliber receivers. Down the down this little four game stretch. I mean, Will Shepard of Vanderbilt maybe uh, could be one, but down the str- down this last four game stretch, I think one pick in no tutties, you're in great shape. Yeah, I think he's had a bad game against Ole Miss, but this DB room, I'm also going to give an A. Uh, I mean, you held you held Brian uh, Johnson, is that his name, the wide receiver two at LSU, and Lake Neighbors under 100 yards. Yeah. The wide receiver three went off, but. Your They've got three dudes that are going to play on Sundays. They have three guys that are going to play on Sundays. <laughs> and if you don't remember that game whatsoever, Auburn put up 18 points. Like yeah. Auburn, Auburn's offense was not in that game. Your defense only do so much. But, I mean, i got to bring up the guy no one's brought up yet. Jay Simp uh, has been absolutely balling out this year. He's made money. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think there's anybody in this Auburn defense who has skyrocketed up draft boards as much as Jay Simp has. Uh, UJ Asante has – Arguably, but I don't think it's as big as Jason. Uh, good safety is 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 uh, rare to come by in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, the CB room is definitely an A. Uh, you're seeing some flashes from, from uh, Kay and Lee. Uh, he's had some games where he's definitely a true freshman, but overall, I mean, he's got the mechanics. He's got the, he's got the that guy's gonna play on Sundays too. <laughs> we got at least two more years out of Kay and Lee, and I cannot wait. His junior and probably last year at Auburn is going to be so fun. It's Dude, going to be so fun. What what are the odds that in year four, Connor Lou, Keldrick Falk, Jeremiah Cobb, and Kay and Leader are all going to be on the Auburn show? Not high. <laughs> Not high at all. But that's a good problem to have. Those are the kind of guys you want to come through the program. Yeah, Recruit three, on a three-year cycle. Who cares? Yeah, three and out is not, not a bad thing to do. <laughs> One and done is, is abysmal. I hate it. <laughs> Bring back Kazuka Koro. He's got time. <laughs> Jesus, the basketball reference was crazy. <laughs> I'm wearing I'm wearing the, the shooter shirt. I got a got a rep. Uh, but last position we're going to talk about today: the special teams unit. Punters, kickers, holders, long snappers, the works. You have the numbers in front of you on what McPherson is on field goals. Uh, I believe he's six for six. Yeah, um, a minus I- just because the punting's Chapman's not been like all there. Yeah, six for six on field goals, twenty-two for twenty-two on extra points. Marshall Myers also one for one on extra points. Uh, yeah, I'm going A minus just because Chapman's punting's not always been there, but it's usually there. I'll go A minus just for vibes. I'm gonna give it a, a solid A. Uh, I, I love special teams. I've not seen a bad hold all year. Uh, it's been like one bad snap. Well, that's because Jax McFadden built the culture. Exactly. Auburn is uh, is placeholder U 
we had the four-time SEC All-Academic Team uh, holder, Jackson McFadden. Academic uh, All-American. Academic weapon. Academic, absolute academic weapon, Jackson McFadden, who never in his lifetime has had a bad hold. And actually, he's never dropped the target either. So might be the best wide receiver and Auburn might be the greatest history. player in the history of Auburn athletics. Just saying, it, it might be the greatest athlete just in general. <laughs> second, went, second greatest, second greatest. Suni should be one. Let's be real. All right. <laughs> so Suni, Jackson McFadden, Bo Jackson, Cam Newton. Yes, that 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 list makes sense. I love that when you talk about best like at, overall athlete, Charles Barkley is just not going to be on the list. No, he was awesome, but like no, great player. <laughs> A little, a little too big around. <laughs> Just play well, basketball. Anyways. Love you, Chuck. Before we – that wraps up our, our grades. Oh, Daniel, did you, you gave it – you gave A- minus as well. Um, that sure wraps up our, our grades on position groups for the midseason. So we'll see where they stack up against the end-of-season grades and post-bowl game grades. It's bowl game pending, that being said. Uh, before Birmingham. Get, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Birmingham, we will return. In this free pub, we are coming home. Um <laughs> Anywho, before we get to the rest of our conversation for today's show, I want to make sure to remind everybody that if they want to pick up their own Feeling Loopy t-shirt, College Loop War Report co-branded, most comfortable shirt you will ever own, you can head over to www.thewarreport.com, pick up your very own for $25. If you don't feel like typing that in your search bar, no problem, neither do we. We link it to in the description to all of our shows. So make sure you go pick up your very own Feeling Loopy t-shirt. Once you purchase that shirt and you get it, use your front-facing camera or back-facing camera. I don't really care. Use your iPhone camera, your your Canon camera. Take a photo of it and upload it to Twitter and t- use hashtag feeling loopy. That's feeling without the G and tag us in the post. So we will make sure that we throw it up on the next show stream. I know a couple of people are working on getting those. I know the shipments are a little bit delayed at the moment. So we'll make sure we James get those. James Barnett. I know a couple of people that are still waiting on their shirts to come in. So when your shirt comes in, make sure you do that. We will make sure that we throw it up on the stream. Also, as always, make sure you like, subscribe, ring the bell to this YouTube video. Drop in your comments, your score predictions. I know that you guys just recorded our preview show for this week. Daniel and Dylan held that one down this week. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Looking forward to hearing it. But go ahead and give us your score predictions. Give us your midseason grades. Give us your players who need to ball out. Comment on anything else we're going to talk about in the rest of the show. And share the show with a friend. That is huge. Closest prediction gets on this show. That's right. There's always we didn't, we didn't have one this week because <laughs> all of you picked Auburn to beat Ole Miss. And you know what? For three quarters, I understood your logic, um, but that's neither here nor there. Thank you guys for your continual support for us right here on the College League. You guys are the reason we get to do what we get to do. Colin will return once we have 700 subs, so let him eat. Um, right now, he's in hibernation because we refuse to eat him. Uh, eat him? How about feed him? He is currently starving. All right, guys, let's go and talk about guys that need a ball out this weekend. Um, against Mississippi State because Auburn needs a damn SEC win. Right now, this is the bottom second well, second place bottom feeder bowl. There were a lot, will actually be a bottom feeder bowl here in a couple weeks for the SEC West. Auburn desperately needs an SEC win. Hugh Freeze, Mississippi native, wants to get this one over Mississippi State, couldn't pull it off over Ole Miss. And I want to hear from you guys first, and then I'm going to wrap it up, and I'm going to go a completely different direction with this one, but I'm going to wrap this one up a little bit differently. Daniel, who needs to step up to the plate we can go offense and defense. You can just go one player. You can go a couple guys, whatever your heart tells you to do. For Auburn to defeat this god-awful Mississippi State team. Uh, on the offense, I'm going to go with both quarterbacks, the offensive line, the wide receivers, and the <laughs> tight ends, and the running backs. Um, I just want to see some offensive cohesion. Um, there's nothing – like I, 
I'm not one of these people who I don't need a 55 to 49 shootout every time, but there's nothing that will make me not want to watch a game more than just sucky offense. Like I just can't do it um, for an extended period of time. And, you know, covering Auburn, I've had to do it all year. Um, So just please throw me a bone. Um, Just look good offensively for your boy. Um, I won't ask again this year because this will be a refresh I can use to get through the rest of the season. Um, yeah, but the whole offense and on defense, uh, everyone just keep doing what you're doing. Um, Jason Jones, I'm going to need you to step up, my friend. I like that one. Dylan, your, your takeaways, guys need to ball out how Auburn, how Auburn needs to step up and actually get better this week. Yeah, uh, so I'm just going to go one-on-one. Uh, one defensive player I need to step up, uh, Daniel took him from me, Jason Jones. Uh, Mississippi State, not an ARA team anymore, kind of more balanced. But with Mike Wright in, they're going to be running the ball a little bit more. They got Woody Marks uh, starting a running back, I believe. Uh, Jason Jones got to fill that gap. We got to play a little better than what I've seen. I mean, he's gotten to the quarterback a couple of times. Uh, he hasn't got any sacks, but he's getting pressure. Uh, just need to help lock down that run game. Uh, offense, I have literally written, written down quarterback, whoever starts. That's when I need to step up. So whichever one's on the field the most, Play better. Yeah, I'd actually argue that quarterback, in parentheses, just one of you um, for the entire game would be really, really nice. Um, I'm going to give my two players super, super quick, but then I've got one other, like, I think the most important part of this, in my, in my opinion. Uh, first yeah. off, I w- I'm going to ask for two legacy games. I'll just go ahead and give you both of the names. Marcus Harris and Jarquez, uh, Jarquez Hunter. I'd like Mar- a Marcus Harris legacy game and a Jarquez Hunter legacy game. And I say that because Jarquez looked really, really strong last week. Uh, he was certainly Auburn's bright spot, and in, in my opinion, um, on, on the offensive side of the ball. He looked like Jarquez Hunter again. Build off of that. Take advantage of that. Mississippi State caters to a, a, a pass passing offense, but but you got to run the work the run game. And and the Mississippi State defense is not overwhelmingly impressive. Move the ball. Be physical. Find you know find the gaps. Be patient. You're running. That's such a big difference for him. Sometimes he gets a little happy and does not wait for for uh, for one of the gaps to open up. And that is imperative that he takes care of that. Marcus Harris, put Will Rogers on his ass, period. Uh, just, just put him on his ass. Do it once, and I'm happy. Let me Do it twice, and then we can start talking about the Marcus Harris legacy game. You do it three times, it is the Marcus Harris legacy game. Give it to me. I want to see it. Uh, it might be kind of hard to put Will Rogers on his ass this week. Is, is Rogers out? Did I miss that? Yeah, he's out. Mike Wright. Oh, I thought that he was day-to-day. Is Mike Wright this week? Yeah. He's the um, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt transfer. My, my mm-hmm. apologies. Sorry, guys. Sorry, um, we don't follow Mississippi State. You're fine. I thought I thought Rogers was day to day. No, I think he's, he's still out. Is he? It was, mm. What I've been hearing is Mike Wright. Okay, I believe that. I heard some. I just I thought he was day to day. That's why I was kind of still under that impression. Um, okay. Anyways, regardless. Okay, put Mike Mike Wright on his ass. That one feels feasible. Anyways, um, that's neither here nor there. The number one most important thing to me, uh, the, the person who needs to have the biggest game on Saturday is Hugh Freeze, and and that is just bypassing Philip Montgomery. It's like when you tell someone I need to speak to your manager. Uh, it, it's it's the same concept. It's the same energy. Um, this offense has been atrocious. The play calling has been pathetic. It's been just downright bad. And Hugh Freeze being the offensive guru, that his, his track record, his resume says he is, and his film says he is, take control of your damn offense when you know it's not working. Make adjustments on the offensive side of the ball. i got no doubt in my mind the defense is getting the job done and the Ron Roberts and company, are, they're, they're, they're taking care of business in, in, in the locker room at halftime. I want to see visible improvements from quarter to quarter, half to half. 
on the offensive side of the ball. And I want it to be clear as freaking day that Philip Montgomery did not get his way. I don't care what that looks like. This is coming from a dude that watches Philip Montgomery and Matt Canada call the, call the plays for his two teams every weekend. I feel the same way on another levels uh, with another connection. But this is a big opportunity for Hugh Freeze to say, look, I've got my hands on this. I've got a pulse on this. And negate any any claims about the you know him not being included in the verbiage, because if that's true, that's inexcusable, by the way. But negate any, oh, Hugh Freeze does not really give a shit and he's punting the, punting the season. You can take that out of the equation. Put your foot on the gas, get up big, and never take your foot off the damn gas. Hang a disrespectful score on Mississippi State. I don't care. The way that I walked out my senior year with Auburn versus Mississippi State, I sure as hell don't care if you put a, leave a bad taste in their mouth at Jordan-Hare Stadium. And nobody else in their right mind will. Make this an offensive clinic. Show people that you've actually gone through the, the required steps to make this group better. You're playing a much shittier opponent than you have in the first per, first last four weeks. Let's let's make it different. Let's make it look like it's functional. Hugh Freeze, very, very important game for him, in my, in my opinion. I, I know that you can look at Mississippi State, whatever. If this is a turning point for this Auburn offense and you can say too little, too late, whatever, just celebrate that you're moving the ball. And then that's that's where I want us to be on Sunday when we're recapping this game. I mean, even if it's if it's a turning point, I mean, you still have a good chance to finish eight and four if your offense actually decides to step up and play. You know, eight and four on the table. It's so on the table. You just got to do it. I almost had. I was about to. I put Phil Montgomery as an honorable mention as well. Uh, you got to have some cohesion with your with your coach and coordinator. At somewhat like nope. there's got to be some. And if I you're think, if not, just fire him. I think the whole this is the week for Phil Montgomery to step up ship. I think it has sailed left the port. Yeah, and thrown the passports off the boat. It, 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 I don't. I don't think it matters anymore. Um, that guy's out the door after this year. I feel comfortable in saying that. I have no sources that tell me that. I just. I feel quite confident in saying that, just because of the track record that coaches at Auburn have in terms of turning over coordinators. I got no reason to believe otherwise. Um, not saying that Hugh Freeze isn't different, but. There's no way you go back and look at this year's film and say this worked or we can build off this because you can't right, throw, so it all up, throw it all, load it all into a cannon, blast it into the sun, start from scratch. Don't care. I said on the war board, I said Arkansas and Auburn are like the same team this year. So why don't we copy Sam Pittman and fire OC? It's easy. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that dissimilar. All right, Dylan, I want you to talk to me a little bit about the Jalen Simpson plankton mentality thing because I'm not a SpongeBob person and this one flew over my head. What? This no, no is... I didn't watch. My parents were the anti-SpongeBob parents. That's ridiculous. Oh, Lisa. Which makes yeah. me in turn an anti-SpongeBob uh, adult. That's ridiculous. You are a failure in every sense of the word, if I might say so myself. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Jalen Simpson has said that he is in that Plankton mentality. Meaning, ever since I've known Plankton, dudes had one goal: get that Krabby Patty secret formula. He don't stop. Every episode, he's on it. Need to get. <laughs> need to get that plankton mentality every game. That, that's why I want to hear. So basically, just lock in and only care about winning right now, and block out everything else. Exactly. Okay, I can, I can get down on down with that. Like I just, you know, when I heard plankton mentality and I saw that on Twitter, I was like, guys, I really hate to tell y'all, um, my knowledge of SpongeBob is about as as deep as like the Squidward meme of him looking out the window and Patrick and SpongeBob having a good time, and that's about it. Um, I maybe have watched 10 episodes of SpongeBob my entire life. Oh, wow. 
That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah that's, no, that's not I, changing either. Also, like Abby and I are mutually agreed that our kids will not be SpongeBob kids. So, oh hell no. <laughs> All right. Well, the ch- to the children and the future of uh, Mr. Harrison Tar and Abby Lafamina. If you wonder why no one finds you funny, that's why. <laughs> hmm. The ways that I could roast Dylan Lark on this show right this moment, um, but I'm going to choose to take the high road. Let's let's roll into some more recruiting news before we get over um, and discuss quickly um, about a, another ongoing Twitter narrative. Um, there's another commitment, potentially. There's a couple of another commitment, potentially, but some other recruiting news. And uh, yeah, the word commits just kind of etched in my brain uh, as something that I have to tread lightly when I say for no other reason. No, no reason on this show whatsoever, but there might be a reason. Continue, Dylan. Yeah, uh, Auburn had picked up the commitment. We missed the graphic because it happened so late, but uh, Auburn picked up a commitment of three star safety, Caleb Harris out of Thompson, uh, the six foot two, 195 uh, receiver, uh, who's on the same team as a, I believe, another Auburn target. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, for, I believe, the class of what, 27, 28? We'll be almost 30 whenever this kid Don't worry about it. starts playing quarterback in college. Wherever it may be. But, yeah, uh, athletic safety. Uh, he 27. There we go. Uh, again, almost 30 whenever he starts playing college football. Uh, but, yeah, bit, uh, big body safety, athletic, uh, big plays all over the field. Uh, he's only like a point away from being a four-star. So, hey, 24-7, get him there. Go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to Bama and become a four-star. Uh, he would have jumped up uh, to a five-star, sir. Uh, that's how that works. Uh, but if he would have come into Michigan, he would just tell the scouts straight up, like, "Hey, when I do this, that's right." <laughs> it's, that that's whole that's a whole other funny thing. Uh, but yeah, uh, he had another commit, or not another commit, but another target. Auburn is going at is another safety, uh, same height and weight, six foot two, one ninety five, JUCO guy, Laquan Robinson out of Greenville, Alabama. Is currently crystal ball to come to the Tigers. Uh, three-star, and he has set his commitment date. It is November, you know, we committing to potentially Auburn. Uh, November 3rd, uh, and no time yet, but on that, just uh, November 3rd, he'll be announcing his commitment. So potentially Auburn is can add, uh, I believe, get their third safety of the class with Laquan Robertson. Because uh, Kinsley Faustin, Caleb Harris, and you're hoping that uh, you get a, a veteran presence as well coming in after you know i think what well, albert's losing simp puckett uh Kaufman, safety wise so yeah neat, real big uh real good idea to you know re- replace those dogs with some more dogs you know uh and other news before we get to the little like two minute debate uh ronnie brown has been inducted into the georgia high school sports hall of fame so shout out to one of the best running backs to ever come through the Auburn Tigers and also a legend of sorts for the Miami Dolphins. So <laughs> shout out, Roddy Brown. Big ups. But there's been an ongoing debate on Twitter about the fact that Auburn has too many themed games. I feel like every week it's white out, blue out, navy out, or navy out, orange out, vice versa. Uh, stripe the stadium, which I like. Keep it one one game a year. It's only uh, one game a year. Yeah, I'm just saying. Just keep it that way. And it looked good. It lo- did look good. I do think that them making everybody wear a certain color a game is a little... Oh, I think it's overdoing it. Why? 
I, I okay. First off, Daniel, people on Twitter have too much time on their hands. Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter a lot for work, but um, for personal stuff, I, I try to stay off it in my personal time just because, you know, obviously we got a lot of Auburn fans um, who listen to this show, so I'm not going to alienate the base here, but Jesus, well, y'all are on some things sometimes. So sometimes a young man named Daniel J. Locke just needs a break from you all. Love you, but I'm um, like your uncle. I just, I just need a break. I, I just don't um, think it's that crazy. Like, I'm going to say that. If you're going to do an yeah, orange but, house, Hold on, hold on. I ain't done. I, ain't I like the word. I like the word. Y'all thought I was finished. Like, <laughs> got, got to get my take here. People just complain about every little thing. Just if you don't want to wear the orange, fine. Just, just don't complain, man. Like, you live in a great country. You know, you've got, you probably have like <laughs> a job, you know, like healthcare. Like, you probably have a family. Just and you're over here complaining about people asking you to wear a shirt. Like, give me a break. Like for then crying just wear, out just loud, don't. man. I, I like to. I like dying. And you're I like to rep the theme. Dude. I like to rep the theme. But I like to wear my jersey on game day. And orange jumps, I can't do that. That's so I'm going to use this as a factor. Of, Auburn, get orange jerseys. Get orange. That's jerseys. such a ridiculous segue. I I mean, l- listen to this. Listen to this. Okay. Game one every year is always the whiteout, right? Not since they yeah. induced the whiteout, it's always the whiteout. Great. Since, since we invented it. Correct. Correct. Since, Correct. Since, it's, since its inception, Auburn has always made home game one against a trash school, the whiteout. And then you let's look at this season. Samford, wear navy. Why would you tell the rest of the fans to wear navy? Oh, wait, because Samford's navy. So their fans blend in with Auburn fans. So it looks like all an all Auburn game. Next home game, Georgia, wear orange. Orange and red look very similar on TV broadcasts because your eyes can't differentiate it because of how the pixel resolution shows. Looks like an Auburn home game. Look at Ole Miss, strike the stadium. Just looks cool. Great environment. And then what did they do? They put Navy next to the Ole Miss section. Make Ole Miss wear red. Oh, wait, they're sandwiched in between Navy and orange. Looks the same on the, on the TV. Mississippi State, wear orange. Okay, that one's a little weird because they're like maroon, but they all wear maroon too, so it just looks like a different shade of orange on TV. And then you look at Arkansas. It was a road game, so that doesn't matter. New Mexico State split the upper deck and lower deck between orange and Navy. Great. They're not going to have any fans there. Perfect. Alabama, wear Navy. That crimson's a very, very dark red. They're going to wear crimson. They're going to wear white. If you wear white, it doesn't look like you're cheering for anyone. If you wear crimson, you're going to be easily, easily blocked out by the Navy. I understand why they do it. It's actually smart. All of this is, one, atmosphere building, and two, recruiting building. I mean, you look and you show, oh, this is our game against Georgia. And let's be honest, everybody, every single team color corrects those aerial shots, by the way. It's much easier. Correct. But every team does it. That's why Auburn told... Auburn, fan, uh, Auburn told Auburn fans to wear orange if you go to the Penn State game because it's harder to color correct. Georgia, a bunch of ki- people wearing red. Oh, okay, so we highlight the Georgia red, and we're going to make it Auburn orange, and it looks pretty much the same. Looks like a home game. I'm not saying that's cheeky. I'm just – it makes sense to me. I get it. Also, like, it's really freaking cool when the whole stadium – especially I love Navy outs. That is my favorite. The orange out's cool and all. Navy out almost looks like – it's like the closest thing you get to a blackout at Auburn, and it looks really fucking cool. Freaking cool. Excuse me. Don't even well, blur it. My The thing that I hate about the orange outs and white outs is and this is a hot take that I have that you don't like of mine. I don't like the pledge suits because they just ruin the theme anyways. I understand it's a tradition. And I talked to a friend on the podcast, Alex Barker, about this. If I had to rank my favorite to least favorite traditions at Auburn, the pledge suits would be like dead last. It's not, that's not Auburn unique. That's everywhere. I know. I'm just saying. Auburn wise. Why does it matter? 
it's just it, it, like when we did the whiteout and there's just this giant navy blob that's not even like cool they're pledges laugh at them yeah because they don't just have different color suits for the games like that please that's also ridiculous why does it matter? but i'm using this as a way to kind of force auburn hey i have white jerseys for whiteouts i have navy jerseys for navy outs give me an orange jersey you do realize that no matter how much we say that orange is auburn's primary color like nobody likes wearing orange right i love wearing orange yeah like you're in a severe minority most people do not like wearing orange they like wearing the navy because it's so much more of a neutral color but hear me out daniel do you prefer to wear the orange or the navy i don't look good in orange so navy i'm the same way i love orange it's my same favorite color right after navy but i'd <laughs> like my I'd favorite color is boston love... celtics green and mine's wow. yellow since we're all throwing out our favorite colors here. <laughs> but Tar, guess what? Mm. We are inching ever so close to Auburn basketball, men's and women's basketball. So we're going to talk a little bit about the ceiling and floor for both squads. So starting with you, because I know you, out of the three of us, I would say you probably love Auburn basketball the most. I like it more than Auburn football. There we go. Uh, what would you say the ceiling is for this uh, squad led by Janai Broom and Bruce Pearl this year? I mean, this group, man, um, Janai Broom, Chaney Johnson, Denver Jones, Aiden Holloway, KD Johnson coming off the bench. Um, I mean, there's I, I can keep going. I, I, I This this group is deep. Leor Berman. Yeah, Leor Berman. Sky's the limit. Um, I think that your ceiling is, you know, uh, truthfully, I, I think it's a Elite Eight Final Four appearance with a either regular season or conference tournament title. I, I think that's that's on the table. I think Auburn's going to finish fourth in the SEC this year. I, I think that Arkansas has got a group. Kentucky's got a group. Um, and, and I never like to count on third or fourth places are always a toss-up to me. I think the third or fourth is very, very much in the mix. I, I still think Auburn is certainly, certainly a, a contender. Um, but Tennessee as well. I, I forgot Tennessee some way, somehow. Sorry, Rick Barnes. Um, but I, I think that they're certainly in the mix to win the SEC. I don't know that the regular season's in the cards, but this group is really talented, man. And we're gonna, they're gonna, they've got a tough non-con slate. I don't think that this is gonna be the prettiest non-con you've ever seen. Um, it's 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 a it's a tough non-con slate that's gonna get them prepped for SEC basketball come January. Um, floor for me, I mean, round of like thirty-two bounce. You're you're going to the tournament, and I think you're getting out of the first round for sure. Um, it just depends on your draw. So, Daniel. Oh, man, the sun must have come up early because it is pumping through my window. You know, I love you, Harrison Carr, but yeesh, we got we to gotta pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Um, this team could be very good. I'm not taking that away from you. It could be. It could be excellent. However, there are a lot of question marks for me. Um, I, I just don't – with so many newcomers, you never know how deep you truly are. Sure. Um, so that's a concern for me. If this team can stay healthy, I'm right there with you. Uh, deep tournament run. However, if they start dealing with injuries, particularly like early on in conference play, and then just kind of dig themselves a hole, I think there's a world where they miss the tournament. I don't think it's likely, um, but I think that could potentially happen. I think what I think will happen, I see like a – Round of 32, Sweet 16 appearance. That that's what I think uh, will happen. 
probably round 32 and out, um, which is fine. Like that's in the terms of, you know, Auburn basketball's history, that's still easily a top 15 year all time at this point, just because this program's still building. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at with that. So you have, I'm just for graphics sake, running that stuff. So your floor is missing the tourney and your ceiling is. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I don't like the fact that I'm going to copy tar for the ceiling, but I am uh, elite eight is where I think this team can, could end up if everything goes well. Uh, Janai broom is, is going to be one of the best uh, stretch fives in, in the sec. Uh, Aiden Holloway, I think is going to be just an absolute dog this year. Uh, Katie Johnson off the bench. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, so I'm just going to straight up give him an elite eight. Is there, is there ceiling the floor? Uh, I, I'm gonna give them a round of 64 bounce is my floor. I, I think that's like at the base level. I think this team is definitely gonna go to to the tournament. I, I think they're that good. If you finish top five in the SEC, you're going to the tournament no matter what. So, uh, so I'm gonna give them a round 64 uh, as my floor. Now, Tar for women's basketball, Coach Jay has assembled a probably her best roster thus far for sure. On Scott Grayson has returned uh, for her 18th year of eligibility. Right, right. <laughs> but in year three, right, year three? Year three. year three? year three of Coach Jay, where do you see this team hitting the – where can you see their highest of highs being? That's that's tough, man. Uh, there's there's a lot of newcomers. Daniel, you'll have to fact check me here. I think it's seven newcomers to this team. Eight, Eight newcomers to this team. Um, this is a completely different roster, and I think they got a whole lot better. Auburn was kind of one of those bubble tournament, uh, bubble in WNIT uh, contenders this past year. I certainly think they're a lock for the NIT this year. Um, I, I would, I would actually go ahead and lock in my floor as being uh, hosting uh, a WNIT spot. I, I think that that's certainly the case. They've got a hell of a pre, a, a non-con slate with Rutgers, Cal, UCF, Clemson, UAB. Um, I mean, that's not the toughest stretch I've ever seen, but it sure as hell isn't easy. And then you go into the you know, you, I, I forgot Washington State to be on me, but also throw Washington State in that mix. And then you go into a very very congested SEC tournament, uh, not tournament, but regular season slate, where we know what South Carolina is doing, we know what Kim Mulkey and LSU are doing, we know what's going on up in Knoxville. Didn't have the year that we thought that they might have last year, but they certainly will be back. Ole Miss is right there. I think Auburn's certainly middle of the pack SEC, but I don't, I don't, I don't think they're a first round exit in the SEC tournament this year. I sure as hell don't think that's the case. I think that their absolute ceiling is being like a 16 seed, not 16. That's probably not feasible given their, their position, but you know, a, a lower level seed in, in the NCAA women's basketball tournament. I, 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 there's a lot of talent in the SEC this year. And I think Auburn is squarely smack in the middle. If they win a couple games that they shouldn't, I think they could be there. I am not banking on that. That is an absolute ceiling. I think an absolute victory is hosting a WNIT uh, game this year. Then again, these newcomers have completely reconstructed the entire schematics. This is going to be a, large three level scoring and, and, and true physical zone and man switch defense. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for this year. So, so your ceiling is uh first round. First, oh yeah. Oh, you round to 64. There you go. Just for again, graphics. Is it 64 or 32 Daniel? In the, when, uh, I believe 64. 64. I thought about yeah, I, thought I think it's same, same size, same, same formatting. Yep. 64. Yeah. Daniel ceiling and floor for coach J's squad this season. Um, so you got the well, glass. You see, 
now that I feel like the sunshine pumping's died down, the sun's gone down in my bedroom. I can take these off. But ceiling, I like what Tar said. I think he, I think he, this is the year that Auburn gets back to the NCAA tournament on the women's side. Um, however, I think they would be one and done. But still, that would be, yeah, that would be a success for sure. Um, floor. Yeah, I'm gonna go. You just kind of like last year, you host a game in the WNIT tournament, um, and you know, it's just kind of you, you made it was it's one of those years where it won't really show up on the stat sheet or in the win loss column, but you made improvement. We're about to go three for three here, boys. Uh, <laughs> my ceiling is uh, first round exit, uh, just showing tremendous improvement throughout the years. I think she's been here getting all back to the tournament for the first time since. When pre pre flow or did they get the they get they the, got their underflow uh 2014 maybe I don't yeah. know that seems seems about right were they one of those uh unique Thompson years I don't think when unique ever went to that's that a shame year. that's like Auburn basketball with Simeon Bowers just a great player who just kind of gets forgotten about oh not unique but just because they never, their team never got the success. But yeah, floor, I got them in WNIT hosting it. Uh, I think that's pretty much where we got the all got the same thought process on women's basketball this year. And you know, hopefully, all of our ceilings hit. Well, maybe not Daniels for men's basketball, but Tar, hope being your ceilings hit for men's basketball. <laughs> actually, I hope they, I hope they're wrong in the good way. I hope national championship. Uh, led by Leor Berman, uh, who's going to be shooting lights out every week. Uh, Tar, you want to let everybody know what's going to be going on this weekend outside of Auburn football? Yes, absolutely. I was just going to let you guys know the last time Auburn went to the NCAA uh, women's NCAA tournament was in 2019 under head coach Terry Williams Flanoy. So Coach Flo made it on three different occasions under her tenure. She made it in 2000. 19, she made it in 2016, as well as 2017. So three out of, she had a nice little run, three out of four, uh, three out of five, um, three out of four, excuse me. Um, and then it went to shit. Anyways. Yeah. You said, you asked me where everybody can find us. I'm sorry. I was. I know. Well, if you're in Auburn this weekend, by chance, and you also are going to get an Auburn football game, but there's also other things going around, it, around the loop oh. that is Auburn. Well, that's a given. Hold on one second. I tabbed away from the schedule, so you may have to start without me. Um, but I'm sorry. I, I totally tabbed away. I was I was zoning oh, no, in, guys. I got, I got in my whole Auburn women's basketball bag, and, and I just completely, you know, when that happens, there's nothing you can do about it. Okay, so it starts on Friday night. If you're coming into town this Friday the 27th, um, you can check out uh, Equestrian is at home versus South Carolina. Um, so there's uh, an opportunity for you to do so and support Auburn women's athletics. Uh, excuse me, yeah, women's athletics there. Saturday, obviously, you've got the this is uh, the the Mississippi State game. Sorry, I thought I saw a tennis match as well as like a tennis match in the morning before that. What the heck? Um, that would be a wild experience. And then if yeah, that's actually all you have this week. <laughs> oh, the volleyball plays on Saturday. Volleyball plays in Tuscaloosa on Saturday. Did Auburn athletics page just do me dirty? Because it sounds it looked like they said nope. Auburn plays volleyball dirty. at Alabama, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So if you want to drive a couple hours to go watch volleyball, be my guest. <laughs> if you want, if you want to leave, arrive at the game, go straight to Tuscaloosa to, to go watch Auburn. One of volleyball. the choices of all time. 
It wouldn't be a terrible idea, I must say. And if you are so inclined and you want to watch after the question meet on Friday, if you want to head to one of the downtown uh, local eating establishments or grab somewhere and something to drink, uh, Georgia, uh, excuse me, volleyball will be playing at Georgia. Those games are actually usually on um, over at halftime, I think, honestly. I've been in a handful of times at halftime. They've had volleyball on. So. Oh, okay. I, I was reading it wrong. Auburn soccer plays Georgia tonight as the show comes out. As the show comes out. Exactly. Uh, that's where I messed up. As they do play volleyball on Friday against Georgia. And that's what you said. In Athens, yes. What's, there's also a game going on on Sunday, but I want me to look at that's volleyball Monday. at Alabama. And there's also soccer, and that's in the uh, SEC tournament in Pensacola, given that Auburn clinches. There you go. I was confused by the Auburn calendar. Yeah, it happens to me a lot. It's happened to me since undergrad. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. Without further ado, Daniel Locke, tell me where they can find you. Love you and support you. You can find me on Twitter or X at Daniel J. Locke. You can catch my written work for 1819 News, The Auburn Daily, or Braves Today. If you want to follow me on Instagram, see what's up in my life, I'm over there at uh, the Daniel Locke. Um, so, yeah, hit me up. Yes, sir. Actually, I'm at by Harrison Tar on the Bird app. If you want to come hang out with me, give me your hot takes, and tell me when I'm wrong. I love that. But – with that being said, I do want to mention, first off, thank you to all 650-some-odd, 660-some-odd subscribers, right? 661 or something? Did I read that right earlier? 600-some-odd subscribers that we have right here on the College Live YouTube channel. 661. 661, so I was right. 661 YouTube subscribers. You guys are my 661 most favorite people in the world. You guys are the reason we are able, are able to do what we do. So make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell. Hit like on the video, drop your comments, drop your score predictions, tell us what your ceiling floor is for men's basketball, women's basketball, volleyball, soccer, equestrian, um, hot wing eating contest that we are going to launch um, in 2029. So just hold me to that. Um, anyways, that being said, thank you guys for your ongoing support. And if you want to pick up your very own College Loop Feeling Loopy t-shirt, that's co-branded with the War Report Podcast Network. That's available in the link in our description. $25. You'll never be happier than with a purchase in your entire life. Make sure you Take a picture of yourself, of your dog, of the skeleton that you have out in front for spooky season decorations. Wearing the College Loop uh, t-shirt, the Feeling Loopy t-shirt. Use hashtag Feeling Loopy on Twitter. Tag us in it. We'll make sure we throw it up on the next stream. You guys are the absolute best. I'm going to let Dylan get us out of here. Peace and love. Everybody have a great rest of your weekend. Warren Eagle, enjoy the game this weekend. If you see any of us, say hi. Love all you guys. Uh, I think all three of us are going to be there. Uh, I'm going to be in my Robbie Ashford jersey. So if you see the one person in the in the vicinity of the area wearing the Robbie Ashford jersey, that, that would be me. Um, of course, I'm Dylan Luck at Boy Tank on Twitter slash X. It's just right there at Boy Tank at Y A B O I the Tank. Also, got Instagram at Dylan Luck at D Y L A N L A R C K. And of course, you have right on the College Loop where you should like, comment, subscribe, leave your predictions for all Mississippi State. If you get the closest one, you get your name shouted out on the show. And of course, you should go follow us everywhere else Twitter slash X, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, the works. And if you want to listen to the audio version of the show by chance, I completely would understand why. Uh, I believe we're not the best to look at, especially Tar. Uh, but of course, you have us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And of course, with all of that being said, this has been the College Loop Podcast. <laughs>